We're rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 62 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast, sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your order from fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Pretty decent. You did miss a couple of words, but we'll let that go. A creative well, good freedom. Good job. Creative freedom. Good job. Let's say every Yay for Miguel. We're also sponsored by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business, web design, Google ads, logos, SEO, lead gen, social media, anything you need, uh, they can help. Check them out at bbdigitalmarketing.com. My name is Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt training out of South Florida. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ or at the show's uh, the Instagram for the show, at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. Hey, how's it going, everybody? My trusty sidekick yeah. over here. Miguel. You could uh you could follow Lekerica. me Lekerica. 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 Yeah, yeah. White. Right. <laughs> you could uh you could find me at my new Instagram, Woo-hoo! which is JJD underscore DJJ sixty nine. Just to be confusing. We'll put it on screen. I did put it on the it's last like episode. It's like a palindrome. I did put it on the last episode, so we actually yeah, took it's out time, the old one. It's time I start interacting with the guests and I just you know I have a personal account. I don't wanna I don't wanna intermingle. I, I got that that's fine. Yeah, I start posting to it too though. Boss, boss. <laughs> Bo behind the camera. Hola. Welcome, Bo. Nice and to have you back. <laughs> nice to have my back. Joining us today, we've got a very cool guest for you guys. Co-owner of Henzo Gracie in Austin, Texas. Black Belt, Professor Jason Repsch. Repsch. How you doing, Professor? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Good, man. We're doing good, man. Thank you for joining us. Hey. Um, you saw the comedy that's happening over here, pre-show. That's right. This is what I have to deal with every episode. So let, we'll dive right in. Um, you know, one of the first questions I have, we'll bounce around a little bit, but you are now explained, not officially retired, but. Well, I, I am officially retired. Okay. Like I'm officially retired, uh, but my, my oh. board apartment keeps me in a status <laughs> called non-paid. Okay. Uh, basically reserve status, but I'm officially retired. Uh, they just keep me around so I can, uh, to teach a little bit here and there, okay. stuff like that. But yeah. I'm officially retired. And, and where was that? Because you're in, again, Austin, Texas uh, now. Where Houston, was that? It was like Houston area, the police department. Okay. And so yeah, now I moved up to Austin, which is like two hours away. All right. So. How long ago was it that you opened the gym? We opened last February 13th. Okay. Uh, the day before the winter apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, a, I got a buddy out there. Yeah, it was crazy. We yeah. opened up February 13th. The next day, we shut the doors for the week because the entire city shut down. Oh, geez. Yep. Yeah, so I was, I like that I have a four by four. So I was driving back and forth from my uh, apartment to the academy every day to check on it to make sure no pipes were burst or anything. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, you're talking but, about yeah. that cold apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, not yeah about, I thought you were down. talking about the COVID apocalypse you, at first. No, no, I said no, one no, year no. ago. That's two years now. I didn't know this until this happened. I, I work for a drilling, a water well drilling company, and we also do water plants. So we we like lay a lot of pipe. And uh, <laughs> he, just, he just wanted to say that. <laughs> just wanted to say that. And, uh, and we drill drill. deep. And uh, so we, we use a lot of PVC. I didn't know that the resin from the PVC all comes from like text, like literally for the whole everywhere comes from Texas because of all the oil refineries and stuff okay. like that, man, P- because of that cold snap, PVC prices still have not recovered. Really? Still have. It's amazing. It's right up there with plywood. So yeah. it was because of the cold, not because of COVID. I'm thinking. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. The winter apocalypse, not the COVID uh, apocalypse. Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. you made it. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for your service. We survived. 
So, comedy over here. These guys. Let me start. Let me both up. Let me put him up. I'm gonna put him up. Yes, it's like an honor. Doggo alert. That's cute. Yeah, man. You got doggage. Dogowski. How you doing today, Bo? I'm. I don't know, praying. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I'm just hoping I don't die soon. It's not going to happen, Got buddy. Some, some crazy health issues. It's not going to happen. Well, I, I I wish I could say it on air, but something really crazy oh. happened yesterday, which kind of changed everything. Oh, man. Blew my All right, guys, so hopefully that, uh, that's handled. So there we go. And Milton is... Milton, what is Milton, Milton is praying. He's... Yeah. <laughs> he's doing his, his 6 o'clock... Uh, I don't even know what you're doing. Is he facing Mecca? I don't know. Is he... <laughs> I don't know. That's not East. Comedy, comedy. He's looking north. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's get back at it after it. Yeah. So, okay, so you open Henzo Gracie's in the middle of this craziness. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Sure. We're good. Right. We're dog friendly. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Completely up to you if you want to do something about well, it. I mean, me, uh... he's not going to stop. I think he will. Okay. Let's, let's just keep going up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He'll figure it out. They're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so totally, tell asleep. Us to... totally asleep until we started. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's how it works. Murphy's Law, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your time on the force and, and maybe kind of, you know, how you used jujitsu or how you found jujitsu and, and how that related to your, your time on uh, on the job. Uh, well, I, I mean, I started policing really when I was 19 years old. Wow. Um, when I went into the Air Force and I kind of started as a cop there. I got out, went to college and uh, decided to, to stick with policing. I really liked it. So I uh, got out of college. I went to University of Houston. Uh, I didn't finish, though. I just jumped into a police academy and uh, then started policing right after that for like the next 24 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I retired last year, of course. Wow. So, what point did you find jujitsu in that in that journey? Uh, I was about halfway in um, and actually it's kind of how I ended up starting jujitsu was because, you know, I was on the street working and, you know, Southwest Houston, you're getting into stuff all the time. And so I knew I was kind of getting lucky. And I was like, I was, I was getting into these confrontations and basically just tackling and grappling or ta I'm sorry, tackling and uh, smashing guys and just hoping for the best. And I was basically just getting lucky. So I knew it was a, I needed to do something. So I uh, ended up uh, finding jujitsu as a alternative to working on, getting safer in the street and figure out how to handle people. Uh, and it was pretty much a perfect fit. And uh, of course it led me down this path I'm on now. So uh, that was about 14 years ago. And uh, yeah, now I'm here. Nice. So how did it, how did you feel when you first, you know, went from the Academy to, to actually being on the street? Did you feel like you were prepared or did you know early on? Like, yeah, I know I need something else. Here. You know, I, I, I didn't, you know, when you're in the academy, they don't they don't teach you much, right? They teach uh we had a guy who was knowledgeable. I think he was a black belt in jiu-jitsu, as a matter of fact, but he, you know, you, you get like a week of defensive tactics, right? So you're learning like some basic I, I remember him showing us like a Kimura. He showed us, I don't know if you guys remember this one, ever seen this one, like that Americana takedown, which I don't think anybody's ever hit an actual takedown. <laughs> Is it when somebody takes your back? Like no, standing up like, and then you like just imagine someone standing and you catching them in an Americana from a standing position and using it to take them down. Oh, I saw that in a movie, I think. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you're seeing. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you're learning in the I'm, academy. You're gonna get punched in the head with oh, the other free arm. As you reach with both arms for that one arm, you're just gonna get clocked from the other side. Right? Like uh. that's, 
that's exactly but that's the kind of stuff you learn but i didn't put a lot to it um i just you know i've I done policing in the air force and we always you know gang pile tackle people yeah or whatever but uh, when i got uh, into civilian law enforcement things started amping up a little bit and so after a few years i was like some of these situations have gotten a little hairy um yeah. and a, another thing was i was having to use force which was really you know we had to all i had was you know tackle them and punch you know that until they stop fighting you yeah. and i didn't like that a lot you yeah know, people would get hurt yeah i would get hurt uh that wasn't fun and so i just kind of knew intuitively like i need something else and uh you know i did a little bit of research and, and looked into jujitsu and so i went and took some classes and i was like i was super hooked yeah and uh and i knew that this was the answer it was something that was going to help me uh be a lot safer on the street so so you know i know this you know this from going from zero experience to even just six months and you've said this the, the level of jujitsu and grappling that you learn in just those six months versus a person who has zero experience is it's a big gap mm -hmm. um did you feel once you started if you got in an altercation did you feel that once you had even just like six months or maybe even a year under your belt that you were able to like restrain somebody or or without like injuring them you were able to like control the situation better uh my ability to control situations definitely improved um you know i can't say it was like immediate you know like yeah real fights on the street are, are pretty rough yeah and, and when you got a guy that's fighting you for kind of their freedom because that's what when we're trying to take someone in custody it's not like it's not even like a regular fight where you just yeah. two guys are, are kind of kind of going and you get to walk away and i mean you're that's in the like, town where they shoot the first 48. i mean yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah i know what's going on at that time yeah so they're fighting yeah. for the freedom you're fighting you're just trying to get them handcuffed you know, right. they're in a totally different mindset yeah so it's always it's never it's never easy right but yeah. uh definitely i noticed a progression as long as, as i kept training my ability to control people physically uh definitely improved a lot and of course after by the time i hit purple belt um yeah it was just it that's when it actually handling people on the street actually got pretty i don't say easy but I mean, zero well, experience. Speaking, yeah, it, it felt, it got really, it's like, it was like, uh, you know, when you get a new white belt in the class. Yeah. And you yeah. Get the one with, that's, it started feeling like that at about that purple belt level. How did nice. you like, con just your confidence in putting on the badge? How did that change at that time? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're confident. I mean, if, if you go into being a police officer and you're not confident, that's not good. Yeah. Right you job for you. Um, yeah, you know when you walk around. Yeah, but have, being falsely cocky is also not good either. This is a very big problem. And it's a yeah. big problem in law enforcement. We have a lot of guys uh, that uh, think they're capable of things they're not really capable of. Because you don't, you don't know how I am when I see red, bro. <laughs> I just go. <laughs> I, know, I know a guy that says that. I know a guy yeah. that says, I got yeah. hands. Yeah. Uh, All right. You know, you heard, have you heard? I got hands. Have you heard both say, he's got, I got hands. Okay, yeah, I got, I got a, the hands. I got a double leg for yeah. you. I got some humble pie I could sell you. <laughs> What happens to a lot of cops is that you know you put a badge in that uniform on and you get this false sense of uh, uh <laughs> don't worry about the yeah, I, I love it. Let it ride, man. Yeah. Uh, you feel this false sense of protection. Like I have this badge and gun on and everything is fine. I have this badge and gun on and everything's fine. Nothing, you know, I'm protected. You know, the public is gonna listen to me and my presence is gonna be all I need. I can handle yeah. anything. Yeah. There's a, that bulletproof mentality when, when cops first get on the street. And I, I think there was a time that that was probably a thing, yeah. but not anymore. I mean, I, you know, I always talk about my father was a cop. And 
he started in the 70s. I mean, and it, you know, he was in New York City. He was a transit cop, so it was tough back then. But, I mean, I think there was probably a time where, yeah, you put on the badge and there was just like, there was, you know, people just gave you respect. That's not the case, especially today. You yeah. Know, now well, that, things are very different. And yeah. that was a different time, too, uh, the way policing was done. Yeah. Um, there were some good aspects of it, but let's be honest, there were some aspects of it that were not good. The good old boys. have a lot of the issues with public <laughs> that we have to Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we could be very heavy. Police would be very heavy handed back then. And it was acceptable. Uh, nowadays it's not, we're in a different time and that's, we have to change and adapt to it. We have more tools. We didn't have jujitsu back then. Right. I mean, we yeah, didn't right. know. it was in Brazil and maybe a couple garages in California, like in Philly, like yeah. nobody knew, nobody and, knew how to handle these situations. And when you first started training, did you tell your professor that you were like an LEO or or, oh yeah. And so yeah, that way I, you would get like specific. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you go and you show up to like your first like 10 classes and it's like escapes from from back control, you know, it's like that's not really good for like what you're trying to do. Well, you no, I, I didn't get specific training. Like it was just they kind of threw me in there and it was like, okay, there's the sharks, you're the minnow, see if you last <laughs> yeah. and then we'll start showing you stuff. That was kind of the mentality of the school I was at. And then after like six months, they were like, Okay, here, let me show you something that you're Got it. Oh, you had to really earn it. Caused you to get choked out a lot, and so, nice. but they didn't. They like didn't really pay attention to you the first six months. It was like you're probably going to leave here in a in a week after getting beat up all week long. So, right, that was kind of the mentality back then. I know a lot of schools. We it's a different mentality now with schools as well as we've progressed in school. I, I think wrong, they but. gauge who you are, and then they 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 kind of tailor it around you a little bit. I think they don't. They want to make sure they're not wasting their time on somebody who's not going to be here. Exactly, but they you couldn't even take this, you know. But initial training. I also feel like, uh, and I've experienced this. I feel that like professors will cherry pick who the new guy gets to roll with, not the they threw him to the wolves. Yeah, yeah. like could you imagine if somebody like, like somebody who's just like they threw him like with like somebody who's ready to go all the time. Yeah. You know, that doesn't care that you're a new blue belt. They're just going to yeah. highlight real the shit out of that dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like the I, whole I've, had it, I've had it both ways. I've had it where, um, you know, I've seen, you know, Professor Felipe say, oh, no, 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 don't, no, you're going yeah. with them. And somebody's also coming off the street and he'd be like, Mel, you know, yeah. mm, this humble, guy, humble yeah, give him a little humble pie, you know, so I've seen how do it you do it? How do you do it? Oh, no, I'm, you know, this is. I don't, I don't just throw people to the wolves. I'm pretty much, I've got, I, when I have a new student in the, in the class, I almost never let them live train right away. I, uh, I found that new guys, especially if they're a little bit bigger, they rely a lot on that strength. And the minute they hit another new guy who's big, it turns into like, uh, yeah. you know, two bowls, just button heads. And, and that's when guys get injured and hurt. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll usually make, make a new student watch the first couple of classes. So they get a feel for what live training even looks like. Right. Cause they got, right. They got no tools. They have zero. They got, they learned one or two techniques that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's it. So they'll drill, but they won't roll. They won't. Yeah. My live first roll. couple of classes, I usually don't let them live train. I don't like hold them back very long. Like, they're, you know, everybody's itching to train. Yeah. They want yeah, to, yeah. like, you know, that's what we're there for. Yeah. Till, yeah, they're, till yeah. they're training. <laughs> Boy, that first, a little bit. that first year sucks. <laughs> But they keep coming back. They do, yeah, because yeah, you, you a lot of, lot of, lot of car rides home with no volume, thinking about <laughs> what just happened. Has the has <laughs> has the mindset changed in the law enforcement community now? Are more people embracing 
the people that you know, I mean, I see it online and I see the Gracies, people that you know, are they starting to embrace jujitsu? Not the departments, the officers, because sometimes officers are just like, eh, I don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't, you know, this, that, the other thing. They won't take it upon themselves. Are guys taking it upon themselves now to, to um, seek out jujitsu? A hundred percent. There's been a, there's been a big change and shift uh, in the law enforcement community. And I'm speaking about the officers. <laughs> we're seeing it administratively as well, but with the officers, we're definitely seeing a shift of, of young officers wanting to train and wanting to learn jujitsu, uh, understanding like, Hey, this is something that's valuable. And that comes from honestly, a push with officers who already trained, uh, constantly pushing, constantly pushing the message that they need to be training and pushing and, and getting better. Yeah. Um, and so bringing guys in and then, you know, it's like anything, the more you say it and the more it's going to start to grow. And it's really, it's really been a grassroots growth in law enforcement where you could say it's mirror society. There's been a grassroots growth with jujitsu society. A lot of people train now, like there's academies everywhere all over the country, the, which, you know, back in the day, that was not the case. I mean, it was hard to get to a good academy unless you lived in like a major population center. Right. Yeah. But now even small towns have at least a brown belt out there, maybe, you know, probably a black belt teaching jujitsu in, in even the smallest towns. Right. Or at least close by. So there's been a, there's been, and, and you see that in law enforcement, there's been a grassroots change. Uh, uh, cops, a lot of cops are training. Uh, you know, my partner and I started Invictus, which has been pushing police jujitsu for a couple of years now. And we started from the beginning with, you know, just a handful of people that were, that were members and following to, you know, we've got uh, several thousand that follow now and show up at our seminars uh, and, and push, push the training message. So, so, so really tell, tell us a little bit more about that. How, how does that work? Are you traveling the country? Are people coming to you? How are those seminars happening? Well, we, we, we host seminars at uh, host sites, wherever, uh, whoever wants to host us. So we've been, you know, we've been to Vegas. We've been to, uh, we've had a here in Houston and in Austin. Uh, we had one in Phoenix just recently. Uh, we got, because of COVID that year shut us down a little bit because we had seminars planned in Seattle and also in Virginia beach. But, uh, because of COVID we had shut that whole year down. No one was doing seminars, you know, the way it was that year, but we're back up and we're back to working. Uh, we're looking at trying to maybe do one in Jacksonville next year. Nice. Uh, as well as some other spots. And what, um, what's the official name? Cause right. I see that you have the Invictus police jujitsu yeah, shirt it's, on. In, it's it's Invictus LEO Jiu Jitsu Collective, but we just it's Invictus Invictus for short. Okay, nice. All right, and so okay, so officers are. I, I think what we're seeing is two things. You've got people that are making the decisions that you know that, that when they didn't want Jiu Jitsu as part of the curriculum in the academy, those guys are starting to kind of retire and age out, right? And well, then you've got the younger yeah. guys that have grown up on UFC and MMA coming yes. in and going, Hey, I realize I need that. There's a guy on the street that knows that or that thinks he knows that yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to catch a fist one day. So, right. I, I think it's a combination of those two things that are really going to continue to change things. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I definitely that you you have to credit UFC. I mean, cause it's so popular. People watch it and what do they want to do? Well, what are they doing? Yeah. And yeah. then they start announcing, well, it's Muay Thai, it's wrestling and it's jujitsu. That's the three main arts that are that are mentioned right and so everybody right. wants to to do and and what's great about jujitsu it's as close as you can get to a real fight without having to take blows to the face yep. so you can go pretty hard in jujitsu and walk away at the end of the day and for the worst part you're sore maybe your elbows hurt you know maybe your neck's a little sore but you're kind of okay you know it's not it's not so bad you can go home um so that's what i think makes jujitsu so 
popular right now is that it's just it's as close as you can get to a real fight without actually having to be in you know doing mma or, or boxing or something where you're getting punched in the face and, and all over the place right now where, where does the whole zen gorilla come from i see that on your instagram uh, and then yeah, your logo you know, is uh, bjj cop but then yeah the gorilla. I, I like gorillas i think yeah. gorillas, <laughs> who doesn't cool. if you watch them in a while they do they yeah. fight like they do jujitsu you yeah. know you see them I, rolling hitting double legs yeah arm bags you always watch those gorilla videos and uh, i've always i just like the way gorillas are the way they look and uh i've always tried to consider myself kind of a zen kind of guy as far as uh mentality and the way i present myself and the way i i work and operate um so i just uh i don't know i just kind of combined the two and uh i just liked it i just like the thought of it i guess i uh i wish i could get that jacked eating fruits and vegetables only like gorillas do <laughs> right yeah, yeah. uh and now I don't, I'm not, I'm not in any, you know, I don't, I'm not a police officer and I used to be in the military, but like, do you guys do the, the functional training where, you know, one person has a, a weapon and then you're, you're training to either disarm them or, or like fight for your life type scenario. You guys, do that? And how functional do you think? So let me explain this. Police officers get very little, if any, defensive tactics training and outside of the academy. And now, and in the academy, you're talking like a week. There's very few exceptions to that. Police departments do not train their officers in defensive tactics. It's a major, major problem in our country. Wow. It's, it's some do, some departments are more progressive and have my department through my, through, because I'm sitting there pushing it all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I teach my guys jujitsu. I go down there on, on you know twice a month, and I teach jujitsu to my guys and keep them up to speed. And well, so, when you let me interrupt, when you say my guys, are you doing that in a in an outside gym, or are you going into a police training a facility, facility and they'll let you? Own, we have a training facility with our own mats, uh, okay. and then I, you know, we I train everybody up at least twice a month. So is that uh, is it is it like department sanctioned or these guys? This my is, department, yeah, it's my department, and they're we, allowing this. Right, okay. it's a program right. as they should. Yeah, my, my chief, <laughs> yeah. My chief, I was very fortunate. Came to me a few years ago and wanted me to develop a, a defensive tactics program for our department, okay. which, which I did through jujitsu and through a lot of other training <clears throat> aspects. C4C with Chad Lyman and Jay Wadsworth, those guys. Okay. Um, and we developed the program through there. There, we do address weapons retention. We address weapon takeaways. We address those things, but it's rare. Most yeah. departments do not address it. It's a it's a very very few departments address it. Very few places address it. Uh, yeah, we've heard that from a lot of departments. Mm -hmm. Say again. Uh, my producer said we we've heard that same from a, from a lot yeah, of and, officers. And, and, and even something like say uh, like Gracie Survival Tactics does not address it properly. Uh, there's very few people that do address that in a really functional uh, way that handles the situations we deal with on the street. Yeah. Um, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, I work also for C4C with Chad Lyman. Uh, he's a cop out of Vegas, third degree black belt, um, who runs C4C with Jay Wadsworth, another black belt out of near the Buffalo area. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but uh, those guys, those guys are wizards when it comes to police defensive tactics, and uh, they teach all over the country. I'm fortunate to be able to teach with them sometimes, but uh, they're one of the few organizations, few companies that are providing that training, and it's not cheap training. Yeah, um, but most departments really can't even afford to bring guys like that out on a regular basis because because of the cost of it. And um, so, yeah, most officers are woefully 
woefully undertrained. That's why we went through this whole defunding thing, which we're still partially going through. We need more it cops. Crazy. It was crazy. I was like, you guys, the, the reason a lot of these situations happening, the ones that are bad, and I think the majority that we see were not bad. It's just ill-informed public and uh, poor media perception that was leading people to think some of these situations were not appropriate. But where you did see where they were inappropriate or where they could have gone in a different man, a different way, it was just simply no training. Like mm-hmm. there's no hands-on training. There's no training of, of how to uh, take some someone down safely or at least effectively and hold them uh, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, when you have an officer who's not trained at all, they're dealing with the subject who's violent and trying to hurt them, and the subject starts to get the better of them. The officer's going to revert to the weapon as right. they probably should. We just it doesn't have to go that way if we train officers properly. You can get officers that are capable of handling people in a better situation more appropriately. I shouldn't say more appropriately. I should say handling them in a way that doesn't lead to a you know catastrophic outcome. Right. right. That's what our goals are to bring them home, to get them where they need to go with as little injury as possible and as well as us get to get home at the end of the night. But I, I also have a follow-up question on that. Yeah, go ahead. How freaking fun is it to do that type of training? Oh, it's, it's it looks it's, super fun. <laughs> uh, it's 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 fantastic especially when you get to put it on somebody else and yeah it's it's it is it is uh it's it's hard work it's a lot of fun i'll tell you the officers that come to the courses are blown away because they don't get that kind of training and if yeah. they don't train jujitsu or any type of, of martial art then it's the first exposure they have to effective you know martial arts and you just see their eyes open up like, oh, my God, like, yeah. I need this. And so a lot of guys start training shortly after that because they realize how important it is. Right. You know, which, how, do you, how do you feel about the, the, the push that the Gracies have made? Uh, you know, Henner and Hedon. So I, I, I will say I've been through Gracie Survival Tactics years ago. Um, so this is what I'll say about the course. And I know they got two courses. There are some aspects of it that are effective. There's a lot of aspects of it. I would never teach an officer to do on the street uh, because it's not safe. Um, their, their push has brought a good highlight that officers need training. Uh, I think, and this is my personal opinion, and I've taken some heat from it because I broke down one of Henry's tactics that he was, uh, techniques that he was pushing officers to use. Me and one of my partners put it through what we call a pressure test. So you take a technique, Okay, let's see if this technique works. I'm going to apply this technique to you, and I want you to resist like you would. <clears throat> and so, look, I'm not a I'm not a world champion black belt, but I've been training 14 years. I'm pretty freaking competent on the ground. I'm pretty freaking competent with basic techniques. Uh, and if I can't apply the technique on a resisting subject, there's no way in hell some officer with very little, if any, training can apply that technique on a resisting subject. And an adrenaline so, rush. <laughs> So we, we, we pressure tested one of their techniques and it went horribly. Uh, we got shot or stabbed every time. <laughs> and that was me. And that was my partner who's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, but he's also been training for almost as long as I have. Trained at Extreme Couture, worked for Vegas for 13 plus years, Vegas Metro, who has an outstanding defensive tactics program. Um, and he tried to apply the technique. Couldn't apply it. Couldn't apply it on me. We got a blue belt who's a young guy, smaller than us. We tried to apply it on him. Couldn't apply it on him every time we would get shot. Or, so we posted the video and we didn't do it with an intent to, to you know, demean anybody. But if right. you're going to put out a technique 
that you're telling officers is going to be used in a safe manner and get you home safely. And then I can't apply it as a 14 year black belt. Um, that's a problem. And I'm, I'm going to put it out there and say, I, we have, I have a problem with this technique. It's not effective. It's not working. Yeah. I mean, and they, and they have more techniques that are like that, that they put out that we look at as officers who are trained and who teach defensive tactics uh, and who are subject matter at subject matter experts in defensive tactics and look at it and go, that's not safe. So, you know, my, my opinion is I'm glad they're putting a highlight on the jujitsu. I don't subscribe to a lot of the techniques they push. And my mom's opinion is a lot of it's financially based. It's an attempt to, to make a lot of money off, off of what they see as an opportunity <clears throat> uh, right now in this country to make a lot of money off departments who want, who right now desperately realize how desperately they need to train their officers up to avoid some of these situations we've seen. Yeah. So that's my so, opinion. I'm yeah. very blunt about it, but that's just my opinion on it. So yeah. I, I've, uh, you're not the first, well, let me say that we had a, uh, an officer down here in Florida. I don't know if you know who Freddie Trillo was. Yes, um, I know Freddie. Freddie was on, and I asked him a similar question, and he said uh, he did the same. He made kind of the same face you made. He, you know, there was a face, and I knew that it was. You know, he wasn't going to be like, "Yes, I'm a fan." Um, you know, he's not a fan of of people who haven't been on the force, who haven't won the badge, training other people in how to you know, do these tactics. It's different. You know, that, I'm it summarizing. Has, it has but, to be yeah. different. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He wasn't the biggest fan. Again, I think he respected the push that they've made and the fact that they're a very, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're putting this, pushing it and getting it in front of the right people, right? People at, you know, chiefs and, and department heads. But he wasn't the biggest fan of the fact that, you know, that they, they've never worn a badge and you're, you're teaching people, yeah. you know, who have never tried to legitimately put, uh, handcuffs on a, uh, an resisting, a resisting, a resisting there's suspect. So more, there's so much more to it than just putting handcuffs on somebody. Mm -hmm. you know, you're dealing, you're wearing a tool belt. That's, that's got probably multiple deadly weapons on it that can be used against you and have been used against officers routinely in mm -hmm. encounters. You're dealing with policy and procedure issues. You're dealing with use of force, scale of use of force. When do you escalate use of force to a deadly situation? When do you de-escalate a uh, use of force situation from wherever it's at, these are, these are the context of what we're using use of force in. Um, and if you've never done it on the street on a consistent basis, you have no idea what that's like. You have no idea what it's like to have to make those decisions. They, you don't understand what, what a use of force continuum is. Yeah. Like, and, I, and, I, and all due respect, maybe they've been told what it is. They never had to apply it when your life, your partner's life, your career, somebody's health and safety is on the line. Can you, know, you explain you that? Can you explain that continuum? I've heard you explain it on well, a podcast. There's but. multiple different use of force continuums. There's circle use of force. There's linear. Uh, there's there's a lot of different types. So basically, it's if the most basic way I can describe it is when you encounter a situation, uh, there's multiple levels of use of force. One can be your presence. Just you showing up on a scene in a uniform uh, is a form of use of force in the sense of your presence is there. And it commands respect in the sense of if I start telling someone, hey, you need to do this, or do that. That's also a form of use of force. You're going to verbal. If people ignore verbal, then we start looking at hands. We start looking at tools like tasers. Uh, if people still carry pepper spray, I hope they don't. But if they do, if they're carrying <laughs> a baton, those are you're escalating all the way up to your your firearm. That's like ROE. You have to choose where on that spectrum or where on that 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 uh, use of force spectrum you have to go to in that situation. So 
say somebody has a knife and and is attempting to attack you or is giving you the impression they're in a position where they might be able to attack you with a knife and they're refusing to obey commands you have to decide what level of force where on the use of force spectrum am i going to go right i'm not going to go i see a knife i'm not going to go well let me try to come over this guy and get the knife out right? that's what i would do you're right <laughs> <laughs> That, that's, what Henry Gracie, that's what Henry Gracie would do, as a matter of fact, yeah. on one of the videos I critiqued. But uh, yeah, no, that you've got to understand where on that use of force you're authorized to go. How you know you have to understand how to articulate why you use that use of force. There's so much to it, and, and when people criticize officers on the street when they see, well, why did they do that? They didn't have to shoot them. They didn't have to do this. There's a lot of factors involved that people don't even understand or have have the comprehension understand in the sense of they don't have that training and haven't been in that, that situation to have to choose what use of force they need to use in, in the situation that's presented before them. And that's, it's context, right? And if yeah, you don't, yeah. if you haven't done it, you don't understand the context. You can have someone explain it to you, but it's very difficult if you're not doing it to, to and if you've not encountered those weird situations to, to teach that yeah no so well, a certain mr brandon uh said just shoot him in the leg you mr know, brandon yeah you know president oh brandon. <laughs> yeah it's, a joke. it's good brandon <laughs> yeah. hey um i just also want to say a lot of things that people don't take into consideration you mentioned your uh your 20 plus pound tool belt that you wear the whole time yeah and a plate carrier Man, doing stuff with a plate carry on, like on, like hind I've, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a plate carrier body armor, you know, like man, that hinders your mobility. And then also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, well, like you have to buy your own, right? Like so, like it's like you might be. You, you I, could, he's not wearing the same thing that like the military wears with that plate, right? Well, it's a. It's it's, well, we, we wear usually level three vests, Kevlar yeah. vests, and uh, it's not. We don't. We we'll have like a small. You may. It's an optional thing, but you can wear a small plate carrier. Like in the little pocket right here to protect right. you from that. We don't wear the full kit the way like in the military you do. We don't wear that full kit unless you're like on a SWAT unit or something like that that's doing high risk, high risk activity. Then they're wearing full plate kit. It's still tough. You know. yeah, no, no, I mean, it restricts your mobility. And, and what I was getting to is like, so like a lot of people don't know this, but like when you're a police officer, like you go buy the handcuffs that you use. You go buy. The like the, the accessories that you're you get using. a uniform allowance so usually right I would hope well, yeah, most departments will purchase your uniforms your vest your gear yeah. uh, I, the only thing that I ever and I preferred to purchase this myself was my firearm yeah it's the only thing I ever ever had to purchase but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah we hear, no, we hear your stomach rumbling <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> these little guys going yeah in. no no but, no worries. Uh, yeah no I they they my department provided me most departments okay. provided most of your equipment. Yeah. Um, my, my father back in the day he had to buy a lot of his own stuff so you're right yeah but he would get like a uniform but, allowance for like if he but, was yeah, playing yeah. clothes for a long time but his uniform yeah and and, to... and this is also i think kind of I, I worked with like a lot of mps uh when i was in the military i know you were in the air force i was in the army and so yeah. you you were you were like were you sf or sp because it depends on how well, old you are back then you were it was sp yeah now it's sf i'd started out security forces and i transferred over to to le yeah and, uh, which was fun. And yeah, but it was just like civilian law enforcement. It was no different. But you get standard issue stuff. Yeah, and military, then, they do everything. Right. Nothing they do in the military. But, but standard issue stuff sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in terms of like breathability, comfort. So if you yeah. buy your own stuff, it's like a lot of people just don't take it to consideration. Like 
like if you're just like in stuff that's issued to you and it might not be the best, but it works, like it's gonna hinder your yeah, uh, your ability to do a move or yeah. you know even eat. Well, but and, and yes, yes, and but you need to train with your equipment a little bit to right. understand how it works. Um, and you know something else that helps with that is not being a large fat ass. I take that personally. <laughs> if you're kind of fit, work, you know, wearing your equipment is not that much of a hindrance. You can do quite a bit with your equipment on when you're out of shape and overweight and you're trying to do the job. And now you're adding, first of all, if you're out of shape and overweight in training, it's, it's a little bit of a hindrance, right? You can't do a lot of techniques or moves that other people can do. Mm-hmm. Well, now you add gear and rigs and all that stuff along with your extra weight. Then it becomes Really hard. And I know I come across hard on that, but I'm hard on, I, I, I preach fitness with officers as well as like, Hey, you, you got to get fit. It's going like to save their life. Yes. It save your life. Life. It's hard life. life save, save some civilians life. Like yeah. you don't want to be that guy that's out of breath and has to shoot somebody or get shot because you just yeah. incapable of fighting. A lot of people don't know what it feels like to be, to train to complete exhaustion and then try to fight. If you train, you do, you've been there. You've yeah. been so exhausted. You can't move. <laughs> Yeah, and so the guy's just doing whatever he wants to at that point. And he just physically can't do anything about it. So a lot of, like, we talk about officers who don't know any better. They've never been there. So they think, yeah, I just see red, bro. I got it. You deep, know, or my, take uh, it deep water. I love when Felipe says, unless you're 100 and about to die, get a partner. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling I was telling my wife that. So my wife, still training. Yeah. It was, it's like, happening. It's, I, I also train like at. A whole week at, or a week or two yeah, now, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I train at Henzo at, uh, in Weston, Florida. Cool. Uh, my whole family does my kids, my wife. And, um, so like my wife training, she's just like, they're, they're really nice there. Yeah. And, uh, but in terms of like that, because I'm used to training at Felipe's where it's like in between around, if you're tired and you're not a hundred, you better, he doesn't yeah. like the chitter chat, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And I was like, Babe, you're super lucky. They let him break. They let him take a break. No, it's just like no. you. You hear them. Like right. I hear them, and I'm kind of like I'm like secondhand. Like <laughs> like Felipe's presence is still in me, <laughs> so I'm still just like get a partner, man. I can't. No, yeah, I can't. I can't talk right now. <laughs> I gotta. We gotta roll. Come on. Oh, you mean like she'll try even try to talk to you? Oh no no no. Oh, they they oh. uh she's going to old ladies class, okay, okay. and it's it's really nice there by the way. Anyway, if if you're a lady and you're in the in in the area. Uh, they have ladies jujitsu Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Just a little plug, but I think it's nice because some people don't I'll send, want. I'll send them the bill for that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, let, give me give me a second, Jason. Hang with us for a second. I'm just going to do some shout outs to some sponsors. We do it about midway. Uh, so let's uh, shout out DD214 Fightwear at DD214 underscore Fightwear Gear for Patriotic Rollers. We've updated the. The tagline. Really? Get 15% off your online order at dd214bjj.com with code JJD. Huge shout out to Flow and Roll at Flow underscore N underscore Roll on Instagram. We both got shirts on. We sure do. They're doing our uh, our podcast tea now. Uh, If you're watching or or listening in the month of December, everything's on sale. Uh, Coupon codes are disabled. If you're listening after January 1 and, and beyond, Use code JG, JJD to get 20% off your order at flowandroll.com. And I always I have to reinforce this. If you're a gym owner or you want a nice kit for your next competition, check out their Instagram. Look at all the custom geese and nogi kits that they do. The artwork is incredible. It's off the charts. Everything is awesome. He just posted some new stuff for one of his gyms now. Yep, yep. Amazing stuff. So uh, go check them out again. Uh, uh, at flow underscore and underscore roll on Instagram. 
And uh, thank you to Feito IT and AV, who specialize in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, and CCTV. Check them out at Feito, oh, excuse me, FeitoITAV.com and let them know the dummy sent you. Uh, New Year, you know, gym owners, update your security systems, your cameras, your doors, everything. They'll come in and do it all for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, They cover the entire state of Florida. Uh, We want to welcome the Troop Welfare Welfare Foundation again. We'll be talking about them again through the month of December and January. We're going to have somebody on from the organization. They're a relatively new nonprofit, but they're dedicated to helping veterans find outlets to cope with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues through martial arts, physical training, recreational activities, and, you know, obviously jujitsu. Check them out. Check them out on Instagram at Troop Welfare Foundation and Troop welfarefoundation.org i said com last episode it will go nowhere yeah it is dot org all right don't <laughs> Four, forget to like comment subscribe and share wherever you're watching or listening if you're watching us on youtube don't forget to click the bell all right get a, a notification each time we we launch a new video hey everyone thanks for watching if you're enjoying the show, please help us thank our sponsor at Fightback CBD. We couldn't do this without them. Head over to their website at fightbackcbd.com. Check out their growing line of CBD products and find the solution that's right for you. That's fightbackcbd.com. And get 20% off your purchase with discount code JJD. Also, check them out on social media at Fightback CBD. Now back to the show. High-end uh, sounds and, and graphics here. That's Jason. right. <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's go back. You know, you know the guy the guy right upstairs from me, right yeah. here. He can hear the bell. No, he's oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a vet. I was talking to him yeah. today. He's a yeah. veteran. Yeah, he's thirty-one yeah. years in the. Get him training. Yeah. Oof, thirty-one years. Yeah, that means he's stuck around, man. They kick you out after. Oh 20, no, he man. did. He was like he made a career out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Career's twenty. Thirty-one means you got picked up by Congress. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So I, I've got an interesting topic that I wanted to bring up. Um, we've all seen these, this uh, Detroit Urban Survival guy. I was going to bring it up. Do you, do you know about this? Oh, yeah. You've seen him. We've all I, seen it. He's, he's like making his way around. The, I the, love the him. Memes. Well, I, I'm bringing him up for, for something specific. But first of all, I mean, how do you feel about like, you know, we call it McDojo type stuff. How do, how do you feel about the stuff when, when you see, the, you know, a guy like him and the stuff that he's putting out, the content he's putting out? You know, first time I, I saw him, I thought he was trolling. I was like, oh, this isn't real. This is some, <laughs> yeah. of, the kind of, some of the stuff <laughs> kind of feels like that. Master, Mar- you know, Master yeah. King, uh, American. Self-aware. Yeah, yeah. Because it was so ridiculous. And yeah. then uh, then you realize it's serious. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's funny. Like, it's funny. I, I don't, I don't mind. I like to share the stuff that I see in some of the, the funny memes and, and, and uh, yeah. TikTok videos or whatever. But uh, I, I, it makes me sad for the people who actually buying into it and i guess yeah. this is a little bit of a thing that kind of comes from the old days of uh, before people really knew what effective martial arts were and th- these are this is just like a carryover there's still these guys around just making up shit yeah and uh, teaching it like it's this effective rex kwando he said and I, I thought that i had it here his name is dale brown mm-hmm. and i believe he was airborne I believe his LinkedIn said airborne. I've got. I took. I copied his. This is where I was going with this. I could believe that. By the way, I've been. I believe he was airborne. <laughs> airborne is is army, right? Uh, army airborne. Airborne, right? airborne is any any unit. Okay. And not any unit. There's airborne units, but you could. I've when I went to airborne school, there was marines there. There was people from the okay. navy there. It's mainly army, but uh, okay. you if if you're in a special forces type of unit or you're in a um in a unit that is uh, very tactical. They mm-hmm. will send people to airborne school, so it's it's so, just it's a military training. I believe I, I 
thought it was on his, it's on his LinkedIn bio. All right. So I decided to look him up. Said, let me, I'm watching all the memes. I've been seeing them forever. I love them. And I saw it recently. There was, uh, he actually had some guys come in Mm -hmm. and they filmed and like, yeah, they were like, yeah, this stuff really works. I guess they were maybe online trolling him a little bit. So he brought them in. I I feel like that's what happened. (laughs) And then they actually stuck around with him and did those videos where it's like they go to do the move and then all of a sudden they're, they're in heaven. heaven. Yeah, right? those are the best. But he's post now. He posted them. So then I, again, I'm I'm thinking like you a little bit. I'm like I know that he's not trolling, but now he's kind of trolling himself a little bit. He you knows. Know, now he actually did that with both of them. They both did their version of the video where they tried to do the move, but then he pops in and he's like, "Oh, but you didn't do the move right." Okay, so now okay. I'm like, Hold let, on. I, let me look this guy up. I want to learn a little bit more about this guy. Go ahead. I just want to give one compliment. That wall where he has all oh, the God. weapons put up, <laughs> Looks good. that is really well done. That <laughs> guy should any- just do that for a living. Organize people's garages <laughs> like that. If that dude, I would pay that guy to come to my garage. If I pay him to come to my son's room. He has like, my son literally has a bucket of Nerf guns. It's like this high. Let me read. If he would do that with my guns, I'd pay him. Let me read it. I'm just going to read parts of his bio as it pertains to the school. So Dale Brown says, I'm founder of. Founder and operator of Detroit Threat Management Center and Detroit Urban Survival Training. That's the one that we see. We provide preventative threat management services, education, facilitation, and community services for communities and corporations in and around the city of Detroit. And I'm just going to, he has, it's a long bio. And I get to the end of it and it says this, and this is, then I got angry. (laughs) It says, we are very proud. I'm reading it exactly the way he wrote it, so it might mean not grammatically sound weird. We are very proud that there's been no rapes, robberies, carjackings, or murders of any family in our protected communities. Okay. And that's when I got really fucking annoyed, and I was I like, like, is this guy really telling me, like, he could absolutely say that. He could make that blanket statement. It could be, like, three people in the community. Yeah. Well, what, what community? I mean, I, I look at these guys, and I, you know, I'm glad that he's getting trolled by everybody. I just don't know if it winds up adding fuel to his own fire. Like, does, are we like making him bigger? And, and no, no, it's good. More... Let's make him as big as humanly possible, so everybody knows. I like this. I agree with yeah. you. I agree with you because I saw someone. There was another. There was an officer that posted in a in a site recently that was like. Everybody stops sharing his shit. You're giving him airtime. And I'm like, no. The opposite. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It, joke it. Let everybody see what a joke he is. And you know, the more people see that this guy's a joke, less maybe less people go to this guy for, for actual like self-defense or whatever he's teaching. I, I yeah. don't even know. Okay. In, in a perfect in a perfect world for me, from a comedic standpoint, I would love it if he was renowned. And be loved <laughs> by everybody, but Brown. yeah, but yeah, but like, but like by everybody only in the Detroit metro area. So then every fight that ever broke out in Detroit was just everybody using his moves <laughs> against each other and getting nowhere. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I like I said, I I got a little annoyed. I started. To, I'm like, let me look. I want to understand where this guy's coming from. Because look, I see he's like getting older. He's a little heavy. I yeah. see a picture of him when he was a little bit younger. He was in better shape. I'm like. Maybe he's so, just out of shape and not doing this stuff correctly. Yeah. He thinks he may still be able to do it. I mean, my back hurts sometimes. I'm like, oh, God, I can't troll this right now. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I was trying to figure it out. Where yeah. is this going? Where is this coming from? But he claims to have a military background. And- I got a military background. I can't. I get. I get whooped by sixteen-year-old kids. I get whooped yeah. by sixteen-year-old kids. Yeah, and been ladies. An oh. <laughs> the military is so. There's so. There's so few jobs in the military that actually, you know, for sure. combat 
direct combat. Well, there's one. Yeah. Majority of the jobs, majority of the jobs are support, right? Like, yeah, that's what you do. Uh, mechanics. Uh, that's the majority of cooks. Like this yeah. guy might have been a cook. We don't there's, know. There's a man. I was a cook. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's an important cog in the in the that oh. makes it work. Everybody's friends with the cooks. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, Air Force, a good cooks. cook. They yeah. actually hired out. We had actually civilian cooks who cooked our omelets the way we wanted. I know. They were funny. I know. It was none of that mess that we had in the army chows where they just slopped an egg on there and threw it on your plate before it ever cooked. Hey man, Ooh. I went to culinary art school. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I, I, you're I, a good cook. I am, but uh, you're kind of you're you're limited to what you get issued to cook with. You know what well, I mean? The eggs don't have to be running, though. <laughs> huh? Why do the eggs have to be running? Why do they have to be running? They don't have to be. Because I, I got... They would never cook the eggs right. Sir, I got drunk the night before. <laughs> it's super early. <laughs> and I don't care about you. Yeah, so, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I have PTSD from bad eggs. Bad yeah. Oh, um, man. Oh, I can't geez. even eat. If I see a runny egg, I'd like... You know what? You know what that really is, Jason. <laughs> oh no, that's, that's the world's smallest the violin. <laughs> hey, Jason, tell us about tell us about Fuzz Tape. Is is that a, a business that you started as well? Is that yours? yeah? We started out with uh, with my my business partner with Invictus Ari and uh, with Jason who does Jitsu Five O. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we've had Jason on. Uh, actually, Mike the Cop is part of the original. We were the four of us that kind of started originally going after it. Um, that was actually a response to Monkey Tape. Okay. I, this, yeah. I have. It actually still pops up on top of you, even if you look up your tape. <laughs> For now. <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they did the thing where they kind of came out and said, "We don't support Blue Lives Matter." And uh, oh, wow. we were like, "What?" Like I, I didn't know that. They had literally sent me a big box of monkey tape, Blue Lives Matter tape that was like, "Hey, we support law enforcement. We love what you do." Blah blah blah. They sent me all this stuff. I got a card from the owner. You know, the, I forget his name now, but. He had sent me a card and personalized it. And then he comes out and says, I didn't even know we had a blue line uh, edition of monkey tape. And I was like, what the, like, what the hell's going on? Why would you even deny it? And so he kind of got into the whole uh, woke crowd, I guess that was coming after him. Yeah. I mean, as a tape company. Yeah. I'd be like, that's know your audience, brother. He he has enough tape to make his own lane to stay in. (laughs) Come on, bro. But uh, he, he he disavowed Blue Lives Matter stuff and called it like a hate organization or something. Really? And so we as police officers were like obviously super offended. And so we were like, well, we're not wearing monkey tape anymore. And we decided, well, let's try to make our own tape. So uh, we come up with uh, fuzz tape, which took a long time to get to. It's it's difficult to make a finger tape. But we, we kind of like what we've come up with. We kind of try to make it unique. Uh, we use fuzz. Because, you know, back in the 70s, cops were called the it fuzz. Was. We got to get a little, little tick yeah. on it. Yeah, we kind of make it look different. And we have some ideas. Um, you know, we're just kind of slowly going with it. We're selling it. Mostly officers buy it. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're, it's just something we do on the side. And, uh, not really trying to make a lot of money with it or anything. It's just an alternative for police officers who don't want to wear monkey tape. But they want to wear something that's supportive of law enforcement. I didn't know all that was going on in the in the I didn't know either. I didn't know. I had no clue. Oh, it was but, a thing. He called. He called all. He was calling me. The the owner of Monkey Tape. He called Mike Edwards. Mike Cop. He called. He was trying to explain himself. And was say, he trying to funny. apologize? He didn't apologize. What he says is we didn't understand, and that he was told that Blue Lives Matter was a was a hate organization, and or racist organization or something. When it's oh, okay. nothing like that. All it was is something supporting police officers who were getting hey, man. shot. Yeah. Duty. 
People who have a hard job, they want to get home and eat dinner with their family, man. That's what it was. Yeah. He said that because, well, I want to clarify everything. So he comes out with a statement blaming us for misrepresenting what his. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we were like, you know what? Forget this guy. Let's leave it alone. That's kind of how that. That's, that's, the way, that's the way I apologize to my wife. I'm Full. sorry that you didn't understand me. <laughs> that's, but, exactly what, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I had one of those last night. Sorry, I'm sorry you're so dumb. Like a backhanded apology. Yeah. You know? yeah, honey, I'm sorry that you don't understand me as a man. Yeah. Know? Oh, my goodness. All right, we're going to, Jason, we're going to get into some questions here now. Let's Again, do it. listen. These aren't our questions. <laughs> oh, I know. These, are, uh, these seem to be a lot from people that know you. Mm-hmm. And wanted to take a little jab at you, so so they're mixed it in all, with some really good ones. <laughs> it all comes from love, I know. It okay, you want to you want to yeah, hit the first? The, start, we'll start the, at the top. We're gonna go through all these. I think you do this to me on purpose because you always put the hardest handle names on the yeah. first. PTLM five dot zero five zero. You see how I just on like Instagram. Huckleberry Findom into saying yeah. it. <laughs> all right, so a question from PTLM five point Good displacement. Uh, five zero. Mm-hmm. It's actually a four nine, but whatever. Uh, what is a good workout for a seasoned police officer? Do you believe someone can learn um, from DVDs, BJJ, if they had previous experience in various types of self defense and actual real life fight experience? Uh, good workouts, anything that gets you in the gym, get your heart rate up, get you lifting a little weight. I think is a good workout. I like kettlebells a lot, but I also do a lot of kind of just standard like regular bodybuilding type lifting. Uh, but anything that gets you in the gym, working hard, burning, burning calories and keeping you fit is a good workout. Always like to combine cardio with resistance training. Uh, I think it's, it also applies real well to jujitsu if you can mix and match the two. And what was the other one? Learning, uh, learning from online. like BJ, you know, DVDs. learning from DVDs and I guess YouTube uh, videos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think if, especially if you've gotten a little bit of training, a little bit of experience and, or if you train someone on, on a consistent basis, you, you know, as long as you pick the right people yeah you can learn some fantastic stuff i mean you have the day or her videos which everybody mm-hmm. you know are, are amazing you have uh there's a lot of great you know videos out there if you go to bjj fanatics they put out so much good stuff they're so youtube alone say, say what they're free content on youtube alone i get oh, stuff yeah. from there it's, all the time keep you busy fantastic stuff. Yo, there's, a lot of people, there's a lot of people putting good material out there yeah. for free on youtube if you go look i mean you get the jujitsu and yeah. stuff like yeah jujitsu is good for he's, sure. he's fantastic. I, I like his stuff, but there's a lot of really good content. Yeah. hundred percent. I do it all the time. I go look, check out techniques and see like, uh, you know, different things. I'll do it before I teach. This is a little secret. I don't know. Most instructors won't admit this, but before they go teach a class, sometimes you'd be like, let me double check my technique to make sure. You're doing so the opposite. Your standard guys you like to go to. Let me double check. Okay. I'm doing it right. Or no, I need to make sure I add something to it or you'll see a different version of it that you like. So yeah, you know, my, my first coach, he had just gotten his black belt when he opened up his Academy and he had, and, and I bought it too, was the uh, jujitsu university book. Uh-huh. Um, he had that and I would show up and he'd be like this looking at what he was going to teach that day. And he'd yeah. pick out, he'd pick the move from there and he'd go, okay, we're going to work on this today. Nice. You know, yeah. So it was like something to pull ideas from. Uh, I also, I recommend, for good workouts, and I kind of did this last night. I didn't watch the video because I've watched it a lot. Is Jason Scully from the Grapplers guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it after we interviewed him. I actually did the membership, but he has some great free solo drill videos on YouTube, and it's just like just move. It's just movement. So like last night, I was actually like uh, my wife had a, a Zoom call with our insurance guy last night, so I didn't get to work out. I didn't get to go to the gym. 
So I went into the gym. Yeah. The mats in the gym now. And I just did like just all the solo drills. And and I try not to stop for one hour. Yeah. So if I'm going to stop, I'm doing something else. I'm I'm just making sure I'm moving just like I would at jujitsu. I'm going to really be moving the entire time. Water break here or there. But I love those videos and I still use you them know, today. I've used them since white belt. You want to know why that guy's awesome? He doesn't do a lot of this. What? Uh, Jason? Talking. When he's uh oh, when he's showing the moves, yeah, yeah, I love it. I I like his the solo drills, and then also like his online stuff was always like, you know, fifty leg locks in five minutes, and then just show you he wasn't teaching you each leg lock. He was showing you options for when you're in a position like pick something out. I really love those. Yeah. I've always touted him. I just don't like guys that are like. I used to fish a lot by this river, and I slipped on a rock, <laughs> and I noticed that uh, my balance needed. And I'm like, oh my goodness, dude. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing again. I'm guessing PTLM 5.0. Do you know him? 5.0 man, Kyle. not you personally. Know? Just oh. uh, like through you know through social media. Okay, he says, how many subjects use your patrol unit as their own personal bathroom? Can you lab- can you elaborate on each one? I don't how expect many, you to how do many that. subjects used. Does that happen a lot? That somebody's oh, peed in your car, they just relieve themselves. Every, that's you know pretty much every drunk. Yeah. That you ever yells. God, you ever have somebody just like they like I'm gonna pee here. I'm gonna pee in here on purpose. Just because you're arresting I think me. Some are on purpose. I think some are just, it's a long ride to jail. I don't I want never, to tell you. I know. I'll tell you, I had one guy, I was actually doing a FST uh, for DWI. He literally stopped me in the middle of doing the, I think he was doing the walk and turn. He said, I really have to use the restroom because he slurred it really bad. Yeah. He stops, he just rips his thing out and pees right there on video. I remember I was looking, I just made sure that the video was catching the whole thing. Right. I was like, all right, as long as all that's on video, that's evidence right there for you know showing how intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, it's, it's I never even sick. thought about that. I'm gonna save that if I ever get arrested. So. Just actually peeing? Yeah, in the car. That's <laughs> smart. <laughs> yeah, what do you hope that he's gonna let you out? Puke, puke. So puke. we got uh, <laughs> Ryan Hargrave. Sound familiar? Okay. Oh, yeah, I know Ryan. <laughs> do you pick on old blue belts or just me? Uh, I do like picking on Ryan quite a bit. Uh, but I'm an equal opportunity offender when it comes to picking on blue belts. I think <laughs> a choke Us. as many times as possible repeatedly so that we can improve our choke game uh, much better. I think uh, Eddie Bravo's uh, feeling is that way too. Blue belts yeah. are there to choke the crap out of, right? You're doing yeah. it. Yeah. My, okay. neck, my neck hurts. To help him. My neck hurts. Like my neck is constantly <laughs> sore. For, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Blue Belt. Yeah. You want to hit that next question? Uh, sure. It's from uh, the Rick Hay. Okay. The A Rick A. <laughs> How am I supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, what Th- do you- Therry K. <laughs> Therry K. Go ahead. Take it, friend. Sobnia. Uh, uh, what do you consider a really fun role? How has your jujitsu? How has your jujitsu changed in your late forties? And uh, what are your mat goals now? So three questions there. With only two question marks. <laughs> what do you consider a really fun role? What really floats that's your actually, boat? So that that's Ari Nazan. He's my business partner with the. Business. Oh, there you go. So I don't know if you remember him. He actually ran, if you guys, you probably remember uh, Submissions 101 back in the day. It was like that first YouTube channel where like every technique ever invented was done. He had every technique done on uh, like a breakdown of each technique. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, well, it's like, this is is going back a while, but uh, he was like a purple belt back then. And uh, yeah, but he had this great catalog of, of almost any technique you could think of. And I remember I used to go, this is before I knew him. I'd go reference it before class. Uh, to try so what technique do i want to try today and i would look at it you know on youtube uh but yeah we ended up making friends and starting invictus but uh so what was this question what's a fun role i guess a fun you know i like uh sometimes i like a good hard role 
but I'm getting a little older. So now like the roles, which are a little wider and just a lot of movement and uh, transitions and stuff like that, I think are, are my funnest roles. Um, how yep. has you just changed for me over 40? Yep. Well, I, I'm slower, <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate the gi a little more because I can actually grab people and just hold them in place when uh, they're getting a little too out of hand. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing about over 40 is your body. Once you've been training for a long time, you do start to have a little bit more breakdown. Recovery is a little harder. Like uh, for me, by the end of the week, like today, Thursday, I was feeling it this morning when we were training. I was, my body's just, at the end of the week, my body's feeling it. I need a couple of days recovery to get kind of juiced back up and get ready for the beginning of the week on Monday. But you definitely start to slow down. You start to have that old man walk when you get up in the mornings because everything's tight and hurts. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's he, your recovery? What, what what do you do for recovery? What's your recovery uh, program? I'll tell like? you, I do use, I use something called a uh, BJJ prep, which is a friend of mine. He's kind of set that up in Houston. He's a he was a strength and conditioning coach for the Texans and a bunch of division one programs, but him and his wife are both doctors in physical sciences. And they created like a really good, like pre like injury prevention type program uh, that that's available. And you just, I use it a lot of it for, uh, before I work out and get my body going and kind of it increases mobility and flexibility. And I think it really does help with like injury prevention and strength training. That's stuff good. Like that. So um, you're talking like, about like, like stretching and movements. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, like, yeah, before trying to do that, I do that. I always try to work out before I go train to get my body loose. Um, I didn't used to have to do this. I remember when I was younger and I used to like to play a lot of pickup basketball. I remember seeing a lot of uh, old guys. I say old, they were just like 31 or something. I was <laughs> But they were over in the back stretching and doing all these things to get loosened up. And I thought that was funny because I would just jump on the court and start playing. No problems. Well, now I'm at that point where I'm the old guy that's got to warm up for like 30 <laughs> minutes before I, I'm able to do anything. Physical. That's me too. Uh, yeah. I do it too. How, how old are you? How old? I don't know if we got your age. 47. 47. I'm 48 uh, this March. Oh, you look okay. great. Yeah. Knocking off 50. Thank you. I'm 48 as well. So I, I, I feel me. I look, this is the first time. I brought my massage gun to the studio because I've just from working and sitting at the computer during the day. I'm uh, like, I, I'm going to need it after sitting in the car for an hour driving down to Miami. I know I'm going to need it. I did, actually didn't crack it out, but I, I now I'm carrying my massage gun with me because it really does help kind of yes. loosen things up. And yes. you know, I can, I can sit like this for an hour. With traveling like, chiropractor. Ah. I'm not, you gonna, I'm not going to massage him. You want to hurt my back is folding clothes. Why does that hurt? <laughs> for three minutes and I get a weird pain in my lower back. I'm like, how's this even happening? You know yeah. what it is for me? It's, it's the looking down. Yeah. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at the computer. I've actually, like I sit in my kitchen now with the, the lowest chair I can find so that I'm like, my head is barely at the counter and I'm <laughs> typing like this so that I could really look kind of straight yeah, at, the, at the computer. But I mean, yeah. that's what it is for me. It's the looking down. And then after a long day of that, going to the gym, and then getting thrown around and, you know, okay. Let's well, and goals. you know, when you get to, we're all hunched over all the time anyway. Right? We're always yep. curling up in yeah. here. So we get this like hunched over thing where instead of being like postured up and that like yeah. destroys our necks. I use the soul right. I have, uh, yeah. I have, I, I have the that. tiny soul right. I have the not so tiny soul right. I have the big soul right. And I have the spine soul right. I've got the big one and the spine. Do you, yeah. Do you use any of that kind of stuff? Do you oh, like man. I don't even know what and... Corey is. But it's I, so good. Uh, it's a torture device. <laughs> it's a torture device. I, it, it, yeah, it sounds like something else, but yeah, okay. <laughs> you're laying. You're laying on, like you know, you know what a, a plastic stegosaurus looks like. Yes. 
Okay, imagine <laughs> if there was two right next to each other and you're lying on those spikes. <laughs> it's pre- it, it just really gets into like the crevices. It's supposed to be for the psoas. I use it for my, I go right up from my butt to my neck. Yeah. I use it. I go right up the spine. I go on, you know, you can kind of lean on it. You can play with it a little bit. There's lots it's, of videos for it now. Yeah. It's named yeah. after the muscle. The, I think it's the muscle psoas. group, the, 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 the psoas muscle. So like, you remember back in the day, the GI Joes that you used to like, they had the rubber band in the middle. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah, yeah. So that band is essentially your psoas. psoas muscle. It's what keeps you. The like, legs connect yeah, to the spine. To the, yeah, to, to, to your, spine. your lower body to your to your upper body. Oh, I'm, I'm and if we're it. getting this wrong, we're sorry. Somebody those, correct those us. I'm totally, I'm totally a doctor. Those are yeah. also the hip. <laughs> no, those yeah. are hip rotators. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an awesome device. I have it. I use it every. I if I use it before and after training, I'll wake up a little. Oh bit my better god, the it's the best day. afterwards. Yeah. I lay down. I lay down when I come back. I just bring it downstairs. You know, put the kids to bed or whatever. And I bring it and I just, I lay on it in the front. And then I got the spine one is for your back. There's one that's like, so like the one for your psoas is just shaped like a U. There's only like two humps. And then okay. the one, and the one for your back, it's got like four or five humps. I don't remember the number, but essentially it's like, you want to put it on your muscles. You don't want to, you don't want any bone to bone contact. Cause it's made out of very hard plastic. Um, okay. and it just essentially releases, you know, tension points yeah. along yeah, where no, you apply it. It's good. It's good stuff. Free plug, I guess. Yeah, right. Send me the bill. <laughs> yeah, send me another. I gotta send you another bill. That's two Jesus. bills. <laughs> All right. So we have another question from Monica's underscore dad. What has been the biggest change from being active law enforcement to retired? And they oh, must know you because it says thanks, Lieutenant. Yeah. Well, it's like social media thing. Uh oh, the stress level is just so much less. Like, and I didn't even realize how much stress I was carrying in me from 24 years of law enforcement. Um, but once I was done and I, like, I work way harder now than I, I did before, like running a gym. I'm there many times. I'm there all day. Like I get up, you know, I'm there at six 30 in the morning. And a lot of times I'm not leaving till 10 o'clock at night with little breaks in between. And uh, so I'm working way more hours physically. It's more demanding because I'm always on the mat teaching or training or, or something physical. Um, so it's a lot physically more demanding, but stress level, as far as what I do every day is, is dropped tremendously. Um, I, you know, I can literally feel my blood pressure is way lower. Yeah. He said it before you said that, that, uh, when you're doing something you love, it's a, it's different. Like you're happy to be there. You've had, you, even, even though there are some days that you're kind of stressed, you know, running a BJJ gym and, Mm -hmm, and everything mm -hmm. that comes with it, you know, you're still like, it's, it's like a labor of love. Whereas in your previous profession, it's, you've had some days where you're like, I wish I wasn't here. You know, so and I love being a police officer. Like oh, I, I, bet. I, still, I still love it, but it, it it's this, there's a stress level that occurs in law enforcement, and it's another thing that people don't. I don't think they they uh, can appreciate. But like when you're there's there's a there's a slow form of PTSD that occurs because as a police officer that's working the street, patrolling, whatever you're doing, you know you're at a high level of 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 readiness like all the time. Yeah. And you don't really get breaks from it, which is very unhealthy for you mentally. So like when you're always like near red line or super alert constantly, like every traffic stop, you go through these little things. You don't know what you're going to encounter. Then you realize, okay, everything's cool. You kind of calm down a little bit. Then the next one, then your next call for service and maybe nothing. And then it escalates into something and you got to take someone to custody and then you're done. Like this is every day. Yeah. And brain never has a chance to go from, because your brain's not supposed to be at that alert level all the time. 100%. So when you do it for 20 years, you know, like 
your don't. brain yeah. is changed and you're dealing with things, the stress levels that uh, maybe normal people don't deal with. I think, I can't remember the statistic, but most an average person has like some type of situation with extreme stress or, or uh, uh, chaotic situation just a handful of times in their life where a police officer it's innumerable. Like you, there's thousands and thousands of those throughout a career. Yeah. And so your, your brain never really has a chance to come down. You have a lot of officers they'll result to alcohol they'll result to, to other things. You'll see it spill over on videos where an officer just loses it and, and uses excessive force on someone. And uh, it just may have been that, that breaking point where they just lost it. It's, right a, think, it's a thankless job. Yeah, and so really I don't have that anymore. And so like just doing training jujitsu all day, all my encounters are positive. Where before all my encounters are negative. So now everybody's happy to see me. Everybody's happy to come into the gym. All the conversations are about jujitsu or what's going on in life. They're all very positive. Right. Leave. You're the best part of someone's day now versus yeah. before I was usually the worst part of someone's day. So, so, it's been so funny enough, like I've known several police officers and I've known firefighters and I've known, you know, people who are EMTs and stuff like that and those type of professions, man, if you run into a firefighter or into an, an EMT, it's like they're a CrossFitter. They will tell you within 30 seconds that that's what they do. If you meet a police officer, you could probably know this guy. I probably roll with police officers that don't say they're like police officers just don't say they're cops yeah. ever. Like in public. they don't want you to know. It's like the funniest I had thing people ever. That I didn't know I was a cop who I trained with because you don't bring it up. Yeah. Uh, until and like sometimes I would have to get ready at the gym before going to work. Like if it was before a shift and I would have people go, oh, I didn't know you were a cop. You and, know, he, and it was. Yeah, you should have been like, I'm a male stripper. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read this next one. Uh, he sent a couple of questions. This is, this is somebody you know. Flatfoot Jitsu 24-7. You know who James. this is? Yeah, I know James. All right, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to read it just so I can send them a t-shirt. getting called said, out. Seldom is it that I have the opportunity to pick on my friend, uh, much less to do it in a public forum, so I'm fighting the urge to do it. I don't know how long I can resist. And then I commented to him, no, do it. <laughs> so, so here we go. He says, were you always short or did you shrink as you aged? <laughs> The James, I know you saw some of these too. I know, I know. He, he never goes a game without making a short joke. If he sees yeah. me, the short joke is somewhere behind when we when we see each other. Uh, I've always been short. Like I, I was born the way I was. I don't think I've shrank yet. I, I've been five seven, and I'll stick to that. That's what the Air Force declared me was. I was five seven, and uh, I'm sticking, sticking to, to that with it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm sticking to. I, it's on I your dog it. <laughs> He's also made some comments about small geese and Benjamin button, but we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to read those. Oh, <laughs> well, that means you're getting, you're getting <laughs> younger. I mean, Benjamin Buttons, you're getting younger. If you go back and look at the comments on, I think, I don't know if it was on mine or the one that you reposted, uh, for questions. He, uh, he, go, he lays into you a little is bit. This, is but this the most questions any guests? I gotten? think this is probably the most questions. We, a lot of people sent multiple questions, yeah. but yeah, this is probably, you should the, feel, I think you're loved. <laughs> I don't think so. more hate. Full the questions usually the more yeah, I, yeah. I, that's why i'm saying that <laughs> so i'll let you give uh we've got april parks at brazilian jj girl God, you want to hit that first question with the, at least she went with the full brazilian <laughs> and then went jj she couldn't get bjj girl I'm she's guessing. got two questions there yeah okay question number one what is the greatest success you have had with your various organizations that you participate in and advocate for Ooh, that's a really good question. I I'm, I think I'm the most proud of what Ari and I have done with Invictus and pushing jujitsu with police officers. 
it, it's allowed me to connect with uh, some really great people in law enforcement who train jujitsu. Uh, just really great people who who are wanting to train jujitsu as police officers and want to become better officers and better people. Um, it's it's extremely fulfilling uh, the response we get from from people who partake with Invictus and and who just train jujitsu and, and are just happy that there are other officers that recognize how important it is. I really. I, I don't think we can take credit, but I do like to think that we've had some influence on the change that we're seeing today as far as more departments and officers training and recognizing the importance of training. So definitely a has been my most proud thing so far. Sorry, we had a, my phone is connected to the computer and it just rang. Oh, you got a swipe. Wow. Sorry about that, Jason. Oh, no worries. I think he still sees us. We just yeah, don't see him. That was a good answer, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't mean to ruin that. <laughs> the most serious question that happens. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know how that. I thought that uh, when you had Zoom on and, it, it, it automatically blocked it. And that's how you know there's a god, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got the whole answer though. Yeah, we did. Good. Good. Now there's a part two and to, to part her two, question. Yeah, it's a two-part question. Uh, do you have a favorite story about how BJJ saved, changed, or improved someone's life in the line of duty or service? Ooh. Hmm, there's, there was one story I recall. There's been a lot. Like I, we get uh, Ari and I and some other guys. We get a lot of messages from guys who are like, "Man, I was at work. This guy, this situation occurred. I was able to use this technique that really changed everything and got me got the situation under control safely." I remember one specifically this female officer, she had gotten into a really nasty encounter. A guy really came at her hard, beat, really beat the tar out of her. I mean, her face was just, you know, what a face looks like after someone's beating the tar out of you. Um, and she credited her, you know, training jujitsu and, and, and some of the martial arts training uh, for giving her like the, the, phys- the mental fortitude to survive the encounter, to fight it off enough that the guy wasn't able to kill her. Uh, and that the guy, I think the guy either, I, it's been a few years, but I think either the guy fled when he when he just couldn't when he just got done, and she just kept fighting, and he finally fled, or officers finally showed up and got him in custody. But she really credited just training jujitsu and training martial arts in general to to giving her the ability to survive the encounter. And I think that's really important. Like we talk about all the success stories of, hey, I I double legged the guy, got on top of him, cornered him, handcuffed him, you know, I put the guy to sleep, slipped the cuffs on easily. It was perfect. But those are great stories. The, the really important ones are the ones where someone would have died if it wasn't for just that, which I think is what jujitsu was meant for, right? Like surviving uh, those the, the encounter with a more stronger, powerful opponent and just having the ability to outlast them and then survive. Um, Mental think, strength, too. Strength. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she really created I think that was one of the most inspiring stories I remember in the hearing about how jujitsu saved somebody. That's both horrible cool, and amazing. Yeah. 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 She's back on the job working, too. Bam. So I've actually had this next question. This was actually somebody had sent this to us. It wasn't directly to you, but they had sent it to the podcast. But I, I thought that this was a, a great time to, to kind of dig it out. Um, it says, I'm a 42-year-old law enforcement officer and I've been training for a year now. I'm about to be promoted to Blue Belt, but to be honest, there are days I don't even feel like I deserve it. Like this past week, I was, in, I was the nail every day. I wasn't able to get into dominant positions was being dominated by my opponents, both higher and lower belts. Just wanted your opinion on your experience. Did you have moments like this? Uh, I 
have moments like this all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is jujitsu. Like, I don't be discouraged. Like, um, I trained 14 years. I, you know, you guys know we got, we got the Dana her crew at our gym. So I train with them pretty much every day. Congratulations. Well, like I get, I'm the, I'm the nail a lot. Like, yeah. some, <laughs> but you also won the lottery. There's some monsters in there. And, yeah. uh, but that's jujitsu. And these guys, you know, there's purple belts in there that are monsters. And I hand me my butt. You know, it's, it's jujitsu. You go and you work hard, just keep getting better every day. Um, your jujitsu and your path is different than somebody else's. You know, if you're a hobbyist and you're working just to get better through that and, and to improve yourself, accept that and give yourself credit. And another thing I tell you is don't measure yourself on people who uh, are training at the same time that started with you. Cause you won't see the improvement because people improve and get better at different rates. Uh, the way you really see the improvement, especially in the beginning is those new guys coming in or those guys that have been training like six months less or a year less than you. That's where you see it. Cause you're like, you're, you're definitely steps ahead of them for sure. And you know, that's where you'll see the improvement. You'll, you'll see that those new guys are behind you and you'll feel it. And eventually yeah. a lot of these guys end up catching up, but uh, yeah, you just got to keep showing up every day and, and we're, that's just jujitsu. Some days yeah. are the nails, some days are the hands. You actually said it, Miguel said it at the beginning of the episode. He was talking about, you know, just a, a short time on the mat, a few months. You're way ahead of anybody that's going to walk through the right. door and probably way ahead of anybody you're going encounter, to encounter yeah. in the street. Yeah. Now, also from a non-law enforcement guy, I would say, remember that the blue belt isn't a reward for knowing blue belt stuff. You've completed your the rank of white belt and now you're starting on this journey to earn those four stripes in most cases, right? And you're going to learn all the things that you need, all the tools that you're going to need at Blue Belt. The Blue Belt isn't like, hey, you're a blue, like, you know, all the things that you're going to learn. Now you're going to be taught Blue Belt level stuff. That's the way I, I like to look at it because we get that question a lot. Yeah. Like, okay, you've completed this first, you know, now the, now the journey, we say it almost at every belt, but like now the journey begins. Now you've graduated to Blue Belt. You're going to learn all the things that you need. Don't worry. You're going to learn all those things and... Again, you're going to feel a lot more comfortable than anybody that walks in that door after you mm -hmm. and anybody you encounter in the street if you did have a problem when you're on the job. Also, so. if anything, man, if you want to have that war, it's better to have it with your buddies and your pals and training. You know, like if that's hard, Good. you know, I don't think you're going to, it's going to be very rare that you get that out in the streets. Because he said he's a law enforcement officer, right? He's 42 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's better <laughs> to have your wars there. Yeah, and, and we all have these moments. And do you, hey, he says, yeah. do you have moments like this? Yes. Yeah. Every one of us has moments like that every time we train, whether it's one in a, you know, that one guy that we always go up yeah. up against who hands us our ass, but we may kick everybody else's ass after that. We have the, these, these things happen to us I've every week, every day. I've only one moment, and I've been training for two years. <laughs> it's been the whole two years. <laughs> so how is, it training with those, how is it training with those guys over there? That's uh, yeah, that, congratulations. That's, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, a congratulations. unique experience to have, have those guys. It's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, uh, how did that come together? Say again. How did, uh, how did it all come together? They, they decided to make the move to Texas to Austin. They, you know, they contacted us. We're all Henzo family. Okay. And, that's true, yeah. and so they, you know, they contacted us and, and we, you know, we, we negotiated an arrangement for them to come to the gym and, and start training and building their own student base. Uh, and, um, you know, creating some type of affiliation. They're, they're fantastic. Uh, John is you know, everything you can imagine. He's a great guy. Um, the classes are very different than probably a standard class. Um, they typically go 90 minutes to two hours long. Uh, John, if you haven't experienced this class, uh, there's no music. There's no clock. It's very, it's almost like being in a university. It's almost like being in college. Well, he's a college, a college professor. Course. 
You're taking yes, exactly. Well, among many things, but you're you're a you're taking a college level course in jujitsu, and yeah. and that's what it feels like. Uh, and I and I yeah, I love every minute of it. Um, you know, when you get to a certain point in your jujitsu training, you're looking for that. It's great to be a student because you get to a certain point. Uh, you know, I'm really about brown belt level. You there's still much to learn, but you when you're in the same school for a long time, it, it kind of becomes a little repetitive. Your your professor's teaching kind of a certain curriculum that he kind of always teaches. So it's on you to kind of find different sources. That's where you're going, you know, buying DVDs and stuff. Well, with having, you know, John and the crew there, like it's different. Like you're getting, like I'm getting a Dana her DVD twice a day, you yeah. know, and uh, it's or Dana her seminar twice a day. And so you're learning amazing stuff. Um, and they are, as people have been fantastic. It's been a great fit. Um, so you know, we're very fortunate. So how does that work now? You had, you had your school and you had your schedule. Is it their schedule now, or do they just run classes at certain times uh, of the day? Those so are theirs, did, and then you have yours. Right. So what we did was, it's because they do all, they only do nogi. Uh, what we did was we altered the schedule uh, so that they train, they teach twice a day, which is out every day at 10 a.m. and then again at 6.30 p.m. And the, then I teach around that. So I still have my 6.30 a.m. classes, which I always teach. And then after their 10 a.m. class, I'll run a lunchtime class. I just shifted it up a little bit. It wasn't that big of a deal. And then the night class, we go late because they, they run 6.30 p.m. class. And then so I'll put a 8.30 p.m. Uh, class on the back end of that. So we keep all the geek classes in. And, and some of my students, uh, a lot of my students are new. You know, when you open a new academy, you get a lot of white belts at first. So it's it's a lot of information for, for them when they go to those classes and they get a little overwhelmed. They're still learning a lot of fundamentals and stuff. So they very much appreciate coming to to the regular classes to work on fundamentals and some of the basic stuff. I couldn't even imagine. Like, like we could all relate to like first week mentality of BJJ. I couldn't even imagine. It would feel like, I mean, I would, I I feel like a white belt again. It's already, it's already hard. I couldn't even imagine being brand new and then showing up to like learning like Ashi, Ashi Garami yeah. You know, and then from from you there, just have to learn all the Japanese names of all the. That's various. how it is in my school. Is that a Henzo thing? Is that like a Henzo that's school a thing? <laughs> okay, my school. That's they only use Japanese names as Do well. They, yeah. yeah, I think that comes from John, though. I think John kind of set that out. Yeah, uh, starts, he, he's very specific, and he does that out of respect for where it comes from. Yeah, and so I've had to learn because I didn't do that before. I, I haven't watched mommy and. And some of this stuff, but now it's like everything's got a Japanese yep. name. I haven't used the word armbar in forever. Oh yeah, Juju Tommy. Yeah, Juju Tommy. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah, only thing. Every, everything. Yeah. I am everything. telling you everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I Even like that. the nicknames, like how you know you guys would do like backpack and trip. Yeah. Like they would. No. no. Yeah. Yeah, it's got oh, a name. So yeah, it, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, yeah, he he does do that. No, but I was gonna say they've they've been fantastic. It's been a great fit. That's so, so how, if, if you don't mind me asking this question, I'm like always business mindset. So what, ha- is there an after this or is this where they're going to be? Is there like a no, plan no, they're, they're going to go off and do their on, thing? They're, they're going to have their own location. They're working on that. That's a process. It took us a while to get our own location. We are, you know, we didn't just open up a gym. It was, you know, over a year in the making of finding a location and doing Holding all the things. Out and open up. Yeah. And they're in that process right now. And, uh, so will they gonna, be in Austin as well, or they're going to be someplace else? They will be. They're going to. They're going to be in Austin. Uh, they're going to be kind of uh, opposite side of town for, from us. And okay. uh, but they're still working on all that. It just takes time. And yeah. eventually they'll they'll get over there and, and they'll have their own thing going on with their own students. And, yeah, uh, it's good that you built that relationship, though. You know. Yeah, I mean it's great. Again, it's Hinzo family. 
Uh, the Hinto family is fantastic. And if you're, if you're Hinto, then you know, like it's, everybody's really cool. It's laid back, but we all look after each other. You know, we all visit each other's gyms if we can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm new to the family, but so far it's been, it's been yeah, very, I love, I love very welcoming. Yeah, we were Gracie Baja before, and uh, you know, no offense to Gracie Baja, but it was not a good fit for for me or for for our gym. And uh, when we when we when we changed over to Henzo, it was just, it was a perfect fit for 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 our personalities. How how has how long have you been out there in in Austin? We've been you, you person no you you personally like how long have you lived well, there? I, I moved here kind of a year ago. I started setting up shop here, but I still kind of had a place in Houston, so it's in that transition. So I was yeah. kind of coming back and forth. We were working on getting the gym set up and I was still kind of living in Houston and uh, I was just kind of going back and forth. I was in a weird, I was kind of like in a little weird phase. So I'd come up here just hang out at some of the academies up here, get to know people training, go back home, train and teach there. Mm-hmm. So we got the gym opened up, but I starting in January last year, I kind of officially moved and settled here. And uh, yeah, we opened up in February and, yeah, how is it? New- yeah, how has it changed there? I mean, Austin is like it, this is like becoming the new mecca for jujitsu, right? I mean, if you for, if you Google jujitsu Austin, of- if you if you Google jujitsu Austin Texas, it's just like that 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 that. Not only like that on, yeah. on the Google Maps. Well, that Joe Rogan. Like yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Elon like, Rogan, Musk. You got, you know, I, I don't like, feel like it's changed that much. No. I, well, I, barbecue lines got. That's longer. why I asked. Like, how long have you been there? <laughs> like, to me, the, the, it's i guess i guess i'm just accustomed to it right now because it's i've been from from it becoming like this you know when b team moved out here uh you know yeah shanji out here we got we got some some guys we'll have more coming i mean that's that's part of the i think everybody with the situation in our country right now this is just a hot spot to be for jujitsu and for businesses and so we'll, we'll have more and the area is growing very rapidly um but it's kind of not that you know you go to tournaments and, and you're coaching guys you still see the same guys you like when I was in Houston, I was coaching against guys up here, competing against yeah. guys. Yeah. So I still see the same crew. I still see my same friends. We still talk, chop it up, all that stuff. Uh, you know, it's not that crazy. It's, it, to me, it's not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess I guess from the outside, I could see where it looks crazy. But things are kind of, you yeah. know, still status quo, almost a status quo, but everything's just going with the flow. And it's just – you know, more big names around here, but That's Austin cool. is only kind of happening, you know, like Very that. Cool. Do all your exes live in Texas? <laughs> no, nobody sent that question. You want to hit the, hit the last few questions? Sure. Sure. I wanted an answer though. Yep. All right. So Nathan Sinoground asks, uh, how are you as old? <laughs> Hold on. I got to read this, bro. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Right. How, how are you as old as King Tut? But still looks so good. <laughs> I'm assuming that you know Nathan too. <laughs> that's, uh, that's I guess I have to credit my mama for that one. I don't know. Didn't King Tut die when he was like 30? <laughs> Younger, right? Like 17. Younger. Yeah. This is maybe he's saying I'm old as a mummy. Yeah. yeah. Is I, I thought I figured he knew you, Nathan. Nathan, does that uh familiar? Yeah, yeah. You, know, do, you, you know? do look good. Okay. You, it's probably because you you keep in good spirits and you moisturize, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know when I, when I hit my like my mid thirties, I got nervous about getting wrinkles and stuff. And I yeah. remember going to like Dillard's or some shit, and like going to like the counter, and be like, I need something to like. <laughs> yeah. So like for a year, I was like religiously putting on. Yeah, and then I just let it go. I'm like, all right, it's just the age, age, no big deal. My my wife is stressing out for me. 
Like, I'm not stressed out. Like, I don't really care what happens. Like, if I go bald, I'll just keep the beard and get more jacked. You like, no, you if, don't look a day before 45, man. You look good. I know, but I'm 37. Oh, shit. I'm <laughs> and uh, it's funny. It's the same thing. I got, like, I'll show up, you know, and it's, like, bedtime routine. And, like, now I have, like, a routine that I have to. It's not even for me. It's for, <laughs> like, I got to put this shit on my eyelids and I got to. I do. I used to be worried about the gray beard. Like yeah. I was like, and I when I originally started okay. growing out a beard when we were allowed to a law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, I would color it, and my girlfriend hated it. She said, Don't color your beard. Touch like, a gray. Like, I like it gray. My yeah. wife. Yeah. My, yeah. This, I, I, I do. My wife wants this. I don't want. I. It's like I don't. You, you like this? I don't I'm, have to shave. And my, did I say my girlfriend? I yeah, my wife. your wife, bro. <laughs> my wife. I'm selling. My, my, my wife likes this, and <laughs> if I could not have to shave, and she likes it, I'm good. Yeah, Valentine's I'm special. Yeah. You heard of the Valentine's special? No. So there's restaurants, right? If you bring your girlfriend, it's ten percent off. Stop now. If you bring if your she wife, she's gonna think it's twenty percent off. If you bring them both. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, I'm I'm new. I've I've only been married for two years, so that's still slipping. Say I've only been married uh, twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said they told me that everybody should do it at least once. Yeah, that's, I did it. I dove back in. I waited till I was what forty six. I knew you before you were married. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Last question. All right. Last question. <laughs> Same person, Nathan. Uh, what are some fundamental concepts every white belt should remember while rolling? What are some what? I'm sorry, my dog. Yeah, it's okay. It's uh, what are some fundamental concepts every white belt should remember while rolling? Don't grab fingers. Uh, yeah, don't grab fingers. Uh, I don't spaz out and try to use all your strength to not get submitted. Hundred percent. Uh, try to relax and uh, just go with the flow. That's there that's you my. Go. Biggest thing I try to tell white belts: just relax. You yeah. should not the UFC. Don't overthink it. You should go with the flow <laughs> and roll. Oh, hey, I'm gonna land it there on a sponsor. Da, 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 now you don't have to pay for the other two shout outs. Yes. <laughs> I have one last question for you, Jason. Yes, yes. This is uh, the, this is the most important question that we, we've got for you today. You mentioned that you train in the gay. <laughs> do you or do you not wash your gi belt? No, I do not. Yeah, oh, there's Thank another you. one. Woo, you, I don't watch like I know this is a big controversy in jujitsu. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I just I, can't, I don't wash it. I don't want to fade it out. I don't, I don't wash it. I don't wash why, it. You know, why don't, don't you? Why don't you wash it? Because I don't know. I just I don't wash I don't it. I, I can't even wash explain it, bro. why I don't wash it. I just don't want to wash that. I just don't want to watch. Oh, so you want the mojo? So this is all Do about you, the mojo. Are you sure there's not some superstition Do, involved? Uh, I don't. They, I don't have like superstition with it. I just. I've never washed my belt. Um, Samson's power. Ever. I think ever. we might have just planted yeah. a seed. We might have just planted a seed. What's that? I don't know. I, a seed belt. of doubt. <laughs> I saw you looking. I saw you looking. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, but I would never wash it. I would like if if like my girlfriend tried to grab my belt and throw it in the washer, I would lose my shit. I'm like, maybe Dang. it takes magic power. I don't know. Okay. I think I have magic power. Maybe I should wash it. Maybe make me better. Yeah. So we got we got a hashtag. I hear I belt. hear I hear standing Kimuras work when you wash your belt. S standing Americanas. Oh, Americanas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Standing Americana take. Well, standing Kimuras definitely work. By the way, those those kind of work. Those definitely work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, I, I want to thank you again for joining us. I appreciate you coming on. Super fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Either. Thank you very much. Don't don't hang up. But we're gonna I'm gonna say goodbye and we're gonna come back. We're gonna do some shout outs to our sponsors. But 
Uh, again, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you're ever in, uh, in Miami, please come and pay us a visit. We'd love to have you in, in, the, yeah. in studio and do another one. Make, yeah, All right, man. Make sure you Uber because right. driving here is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. All right. Very cool. Awesome, awesome. dude, right? Awesome. Very cool. Super super fun. I would love to be him right now, though, in that, like, be in that gym right now. Yeah, that's like that's waking like... up in the morning and checking the lottery ticket and... <laughs> And all the numbers mashing. You're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, it's going to be a good day. That's, uh, I'm, I was, uh, I was surprised, like he's saying they're going to open another gym. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how big Austin is, but that's, you know, still cool. I mean, you know, they're part of the family. He'll, they'll yeah. build their, their, everything's their bigger in and, Texas. So I'm yeah. assuming it's why. I'm sure he's building his gym as well. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the guy's getting a, a college education in BJJ, just like how he said. Yeah. It's got to be amazing to just think about that. Like the, I mean, I've listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with Danaher on it, and it's just like the guy is just like a fountain. Exudes and, and it just like comes, knowledge. Yeah. And it just like from everything. I mean, he's yeah. talking about sports that like we don't even know about here that relate. Like, <laughs> that guy's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to John Danaher. I want to so, wear a rash guard to a fancy dinner one day. Like, <laughs> I that still, guy does. Ne- I never, because I kind of got away from doing the t shirts and we're putting everything with phone roll. Yeah. Um, I never did. The rash guards, yeah, which I have a whole different rash guard made with the Juan Danaher. Juan, oh, Juan Danaher. We I should ha- wear them. I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna do them for just us, but I'm not gonna put them. Put them on the side. Let's wear them for an episode. In Maybe tribute. In tribute. I gotta show you fanny the design. Pack, it's like all the way around. Fanny pack. <laughs> rash guard. Oh, and if right. we, what hey, if we had him on? What yeah. if we had him on? And when he cut, when we put on the Zoom. And we're in rash cards. That's, backs. I mean, hey, John, if if you if much we could interview you, much respect, respect and about love, <laughs> but just let it be known that I will, out of respect and love, wear a rash guard and a fanny. I wear a fanny pack, anyways. I don't yeah. know if people know that about yes. me. He knows that. I I'm doing it. All right. So let's uh, shout out our Patreon podcast patrons, including hey. gym sponsors, Carlson Gracie Winterhaven in Winterhaven, Florida. Check them out at, well, it's the, the website is cgwinterhaven.com and the Instagram is at Carlson Gracie underscore Winterhaven. Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale as well. Carlson Gracie Broward County.com at Carlson Gracie Broward County. That's down here in Florida. Hey. Uh, John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida. John Way Martial Arts.com at John Way Martial Arts. Uh, I said Jerebiah Berra last time. Yeah. Jebediah Berra. Shout out to our individual patrons, including yeah. Jebediah Berra, Robert Walker, Frank House, Boa Athletics. Check them out on IG Boa. at BOA underscore athletics. Means yep. good, by the way. I looked it up after you Boa. asked. Boa. Boa, good. Jason Smiley, CJ Carroll, Mission 22. We've been shouting them out uh, at, at CJ's request since we first started. Uh, Chuck Reddor out in Hawaii. What's up, Chuck? And Roberto Santiago down here in Florida. We love you guys. Uh, thank you for all the support. Chuck is if funny, you, man. Chuck is funny online. He, did you yeah. see the? Uh, yeah, he sends he sends some good stuff. He sent me a that was like snow. He was. I'm like, what is this? It was an <laughs> observatory in Hawaii, and they were like, they were like uh, the the snow machines were like getting rid of the snow on the road. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had like eight feet of snow. In, in yeah, Hawaii. it was crazy. I'm, in like, Hawaii? I'm like, is this Hawaii? Like, yeah, even yeah, on like, top by of the, the observatory. Oh, an observatory okay, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah, they're above the first. Snow line. Like he, but he usually like he'll he'll send us all like in a group chat sometimes some funny stuff. Some, That's cool. Some funny memes. He's good. Things I you like didn't it. know. We just call him our meme guy. 
I used to repost a lot of the stuff, but now it's just like never have any time to like repost a lot oh, of that, that no stuff. Oh, no time for Chuck, huh? Yeah. No, I love you, Chuck. Don't don't listen to Bo. If you'd like to support the show, visit <laughs> patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you're automatically entered to win up to $100 in jujitsu swag every single month. We put the listeners and the people from Patreon into one big bowl and we choose a winner every single month. Um, Check out at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for all the ways to watch, listen, support, and donate to our scholarship program where we'll award a one-year scholarship to veterans, first responders, or amazing kids, uh, or the, the kids of first responders and veterans. So we're going to be doing them from the podcast directly from now on. Yeah. No more foundation. That's gone Boom. as of uh, of November. Don't make a And convoluted. it's all going to be uh, just uh, just about the podcast. All right. That's good. Take it away. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Big thanks to the We Defy Foundation for the support and all they do for the veterans. Very near and dear to me and my heart and the jiu-jitsu community. They provide therapeutic relief for disabled or to disabled combat veterans through jiu-jitsu. Check them out uh, at We uh, We Defy Foundation on Instagram. And you can donate anytime at WeDefyFoundation.org. Also, big shout out to Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at FightbackCBD.com with code JJD. Love me some Fightback CBD. Listen, that roll on right there. Oh, get a shot of the roll on the freeze right here. Listen, I take the nighttime, the nighttime CBD, and the freeze. There it is. Got, I like, I can't live with I can't sleep without it. You and that's it's great. I put it on a little CBD. You remember night, those old commercials for the headache thing? Roll on for a headache. You remember? <laughs> yeah, they did have that. They, yeah. still, they still have that for like. Yeah. There was that gold box. Yeah, roll, like aspirin hey, in roll, it or roll on for you death gripping that guy because you mm. couldn't hold him. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? Uh, gold bond. No, no, no it was just, it was literally it was, called no. roll. It, it was, was like some type of like aspirin, like I love, I remember I, that. I love saying like the, the technical name for aspirin. Cause I don't know if you've ever, it's, it's, it's it, no, no, no. It's like an analgesic cream or something like that. Analgesic. Think, analgesic. Anal, analgesic. I read it how I want, Bo. <laughs> but isn't it? Uh, no. Analgesic. is like Tylenol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I read it <laughs> how analgesic. I want. Analgesic. Anal, oh. Analgesic. <laughs> That's why, ladies and gentlemen, that's why we have Miguel His on the show. His brain should be arrested. Because I'm not that funny. I, yeah. I, hey, English is a second language to me, so when I see that word and it pops out, it just pops out, you know? Apparently, English is a victim for you. When, a, yeah. when anal pops up, when... What? When, anal, when analgesic pops analgesic, up. Analgesic, yeah. Analgesic. So don't put words in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> this is like turning into that part. Don't put uh, your uh, word. Don't put your uh, mouth in The Howard Stern movie is like... Oh, yeah. If you say big dick sticking coming out of my yeah. mouth, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever. Oh my god, this 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 video is not going to be this getting clipped from YouTube. Uh, All right, everybody, why? listen. Thank you for watching and listening. We appreciate you guys. I'm at Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. I am JJD <laughs> underscore DJJ sixty nine. Surprise, surprise! You put sixty nine behind it. Hey, yeah. no, it's more because because it's more of a, a yin and a yang. Yeah, mm-hmm, I'm sure. Right, dinner for two. You know Bo? what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bad work. B a d w e r k s. Why are you looking at me like that when you say it? <laughs> it's just uh, that's the way he looks. Just so, right. so it rolls out. Otherwise, I distract myself. He's got to get in character. Thank you, when he says. everybody, for watching and listening. Thank you so much. Peace, love, jujitsu. One of these, couple of these, couple of these, couple of these. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this coming from? So, I don't know. That's like the, the you did it to the. Jason, that's like the. Like, that's eh. like the underscore BJJ. Oh, okay. This is the equivalent. Toast. The Look, I, I think I can make fun of this stuff now. He is toast. <laughs> All right. <bye. laughs>